Hello, everyone. Welcome to Beyond Sunday at Bethlehem, a podcast created to go beyond the Sunday service experience at Bethlehem Church, exploring some of the deeper questions of our faith, offering additional content from behind the scenes from the cutting room floor. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Angela Buckland, and as always, I am beyond excited to host today's episode. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Sunday. Today, we have our campus pastors all in the same room, super excited. It's it's really rare when we can get them all together, all in the same room. Uh, we've got Kyle Hale representing the 316 campus. Yeah, yeah. We've got Jeremy Curtis and Nathan Unger representing OC. Mm. Waiting for you to say, <laughs> best campus. Well, these words. Thank you. Whatever you want to, yeah. whatever you want to call it, as long as you label it appropriately. Yeah, acknowledge okay. that supreme authority over the main, all the other main campuses. campus in Oconee County. <laughs> this is just getting further. We are digging a hole, and we haven't even started yet. And now, Drew, Drew Taney, you are representing the 211 campus. La, la, la. Welcome, and with us on a mic, we have Dustin. Not Dexter, but we have Dustin. <laughs> Dustin, Hello. he's also our he he helps us with the podcast, and he's our South right. Campus pastor of the three sixteen campus. So, what did I say? What are you pointing at me? <laughs> I what? love it. You called it campus. That's fantastic. I love South it. South venue, mm-hmm. whatever. Okay, we are here. It's operates as a campus, though. That's what the yeah, right. I mean, yeah. Okay. You need to give yourself Thanks, more Angel. credit, Dustin. Yeah, Dustin, you're Appreciate running a campus, that. man. You, you basically know. run the 316 overall <laughs> via the South Venue. Yeah. Well, as you can tell, this is going to be fun. We're going to have a lot of fun with this conversation. The, the purpose of this uh, podcast is so we, you know, as a staff, we get together on Mondays at one o'clock. Uh, we see each other all together at the same place. Same Boy, time. Do we ever. Same place. <laughs> We see a lot of each other, but we wanted you guys, our listeners, to hear some of the cool stories that are going on at the campuses that we know about, that we get to hear about, Uh, but just wanted to share with you. Um, Our campus pastors do a great job of staying connected to the larger picture and the larger vision of Bethlehem Church, Um, but there's so many neat things, individual things that are going on there, so we're going to highlight some of those. So... Um, share something with our listeners that really stood out to you that something amazing that God did this year at your campus that they might not know about. I'll say for me, um, at the 316 campus, I, I'll always, so if you've been to one of our services, you know that at the end of the service, we have a time where the prayer team will be down front. You can come down for prayer for you or for someone else. Um, but I always get, I kind of just hang around and just, uh, watch as people come down, and I'll jump in, um, you know, occasionally on a, on a Sunday. I'll jump in and be a part of the prayer team. Um, but I, all that to say, I don't know if there's – yes, there are plenty of, like, just a story that I could share. But when it comes to, like, people who are coming down to receive prayer and to pray for other people, just the stories I get to hear every single week of, man, just like a guy who I prayed with who – is dealing with, you know, addiction to alcohol, mm-hmm. but he's seeking Jesus and all of this to, you know, someone who's coming down to pray for his marriage. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, has just reached a point of brokenness, coming down for prayer for that and just being able to pray for these people. Yeah. And then getting to follow up with them a few weeks later and hearing what all that God did through that. 
uh, man, that just blows me away every cool. every single time yeah. it happens. And so anytime we get together as a staff and celebrate just even those what we would call small moments that we get to pray with someone, but then we get to see the other side of that where we saw where they saw saw God move uh, in that man. It's just it's just it never gets old. Yeah. It never gets old. And so you know I've talked with a guy just drug addiction, um, alcohol, broken marriages, relationships where. Um, you know, children have, have moved away from home. The 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 relationship there between uh, child and, and parents have been broken, but then there's been uh, a, a moment where they've, uh, you know, they've they've mended that relationship where God's done a work. So, you know, it's it's just getting able to meet different people, hearing the things that they're going through, getting to pray with them, and then on the other side of it, see what God's done yeah. in in and through their lives. So cool. So never, never gets old. Yeah, that's good. I think one of my favorite stories is a couple. They've been at our campus for about a year now. Came last January, and I think it's it's the story that before they ever get there, that's probably the cool part to see it on this end. Is I won't I won't throw out their names or anything, but really great family who just was far from Jesus. The husband had no interest whatsoever in who Christ was or faith or even walking through a church. Uh, got to a point where an addiction just became that thorn in the flesh that never went away. And he spent years and years and years fighting it, trying to get out of it and just couldn't get out of it in his own strength. There's a power of a praying wife who wants to see a family mended and come not only back to Jesus, but figure out themselves along the way. And then you have kids from different marriages inside of that as well, and just all kinds of different crazy. And so when you start doing like fast forwarding to see this couple uh, get to a point where they just said, we're just, we can't do this anymore. The way we're doing it, something has to change. And the first thing they said is when all else fails, we just thought we'd go to church. Mm. They had some past relationships with one of our worship leaders, Bethlehem church, and it just brought them out towards our campus at two eleven. And to see them take a step where they were disinterested in everything God had for them to see on this end where we've got to celebrate their salvation and, their baptism, and they've taken so many steps of obedience and trust. But a year ago, like they didn't know Jesus. And yeah. to see on this end them not only so in at Bethlehem Church and loving it, but I would say they're not just a part of Bethlehem Church. They're 100% before that a part of God's kingdom at this point. Wow. And that is the furthest thing from what they were a year ago. And that's the miracle. That's great. That's awesome. I love that. Mm. So... As we all know, life is full of surprises. So can you tell us something about this year that caught you by surprise that like maybe you were thinking it was going to go one way and then God totally uh, changed or you, whatever you were going through changed. He didn't change, but the, the, the way the things you expected to happen didn't happen quite like you thought. Any kind of things that caught you by surprise this year? So I'll I'll take this opportunity to throw a little humor in there. Um, many of you don't know, but uh, I surprisingly cut the end of my finger off yep. this summer um, <laughs> using a table saw. Quite the surprise! I was not expecting that. Was not expecting that. That is not. That's actually not what I was thinking of when I came up with those questions. No, but you I, had a lot of plans for your thumb. I had thumb. a lot of plans with my thumb. Um, but no, was not expecting that. And listen, uh, you know, it, was it a traumatic experience? Yeah, I mean, you know, I had a thumb and now I don't. 
It's um, <laughs> exaggerating. It's like a thumb. It. It's like a thumbnail. You're not missing like the whole thumb, but <laughs> no. But honestly, I tell you what. I um, through that, I think I I gained a new respect for people who live with chronic pain, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. like legit. Because mm-hmm. you know, you hear people who are in pain, and I think if you've never really gone through that. You don't really, you can't really empathize with them or you can't relate. But to have gone through that and lived through that, you kind of see like, man, this is, this is like a, a real thing. And people live with it. A lot of people live with this daily. And so, man, was, was reminded of just the goodness of God through that, of like, even though you walk through some of these things, people walk through like much worse things than cutting off the tip of your thumb. That's, I mean, Let's be honest. It's really not that big of a deal. Pe- people are pe- people are, are walking around living through a lot of more serious things than, than that. And uh, it just gave me a new appreci- appreciation for those people who are, man, they, they still continue to, to have joy in their life. Mm-hmm. They, they love the Lord. Uh, you can see it all over them. That's good. And all the while knowing that, man, they are dealing with some really heavy stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, that— <laughs> It definitely took me by surprise uh, this year for sure. We're not planning on that. Well, I was not planning on it. And I'll tell you what my wife told me. You know, I told her, you know, at the end of this thing, I said, babe, I'm sorry. I I cut, you know, I cut the part of my finger off. (laughs) I know you didn't sign up for that, and I'm sorry. I I hope you can live with me after doing that. And she looked at me as serious as could be and goes, well, babe, I I got some news for you. She goes, I've never really been attracted to your thumb. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it, uh, it it brought me some peace, and uh, yeah, our, our marriage is still intact. All right, we're, we're good, even though your thumb is not. Yeah, we're good. We're good. My my story is uh, is a lot like Kyle's. Uh, I thought the word for twenty twenty three for me was going to be advance. <laughs> And then I snapped my ankle in January and tore my shoulder in February. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> still, still recouping from uh, shoulder surgery. And Kyle, I would say the same thing. For me, it was empathy and compassion for people. Yeah, I had to tell myself so many times, um, there's an end to what I'm dealing with. But uh, there are chronic situations for people that uh, have to learn uh, how to manage and live with. And so for me, um, I think too, just praying with people on Sunday mornings who come down with, you know, they, they want to bring these things up in prayer. Yeah. Um, it just changed the game a little bit. So, um, 2023 definitely <clears throat> caught me off guard, but, uh, there'll be some things I, I won't forget. And to your previous question, uh, I would say, um, uh, I had a chance to pray with a lady, um, who came down, her name's Amanda and, uh, praying uh, an ongoing prayer for six months um, because she was gripped by fear that she was going to miscarry again. Mm -hmm. And she just kept bringing it to the Lord, went through some tough things. It's not my story to tell, but Mm -hmm. uh, it caught me off guard when, uh, because I had taken a trip out of town uh, with some of the residency stuff and came back in town. And I guess I just, I haven't seen her or gotten an email from her in a couple of weeks and then uh, on a recent Sunday morning, my wife and I were standing on front of the prayer team and we looked out and I said, oh my gosh, look at that baby. That looks like it's just days old. Hmm. 
and they passed the baby back to its mother mm. and realized it was Amanda. This is who we've been praying for wow. for six That's months. Wow. And little baby Madeline caught me by surprise that morning hmm. and uh, just lost it and just thankful, uh, you know, to what God had accomplished in her. And so yeah, it's going to be exciting, you know, uh, you know, 10, 12, 20 years from now to see how God's going to continue to use yeah. Madeline in their family and in the Bethlehem church family as well. Hmm. I think it's interesting just listening to all stories too, that the way that, you know, we kind of start the year with all these big plans and hopes and dreams and think, Oh, you know, my word is going to be, you hope it's going to be something really powerful and strong. And it's usually these things that we go through that make us realize how weak we are. <laughs> and then we end up leaning and relying on the Lord, which is what we're supposed to be doing anyway. So it's, you know, it's in our weaknesses that his strength is made perfect. So, so as leaders, uh, what would you say uh, that, you know, what's been the most valuable lesson that you've learned so far this year? Um, you know, we're always learning as leaders. We have a leadership development culture here at Bethlehem. And so what's something that, that you've picked up on as a leader, something that shaped you? I'll jump into this one. Go for Sound it. Sound good? Go for it. So I think, uh, you know, one thing that I've, I've learned just through, you know, whether it's Pastor Jason or Pastor Matt or just reading is that, um, and I think we all know this isn't new to anybody, but that everybody has a story. They have a come from, they have something that either has taken place in their life or something that they're dealing with. And so I think any time that we assume that we know what's mm -hmm. going on in their life, we need to like hit pause yeah. and say, hey, we we may not know the full picture here. And whether that's, um, you know, helping them through a crisis or maybe they're, they're having a rough day, but uh, that my default as a leader, as a pastor, um, or even as a friend should be to offer grace before I just assume that, uh, that I know what's best for them. Um, yeah. or maybe, maybe it's not even that, but maybe it's what's best for the organization as a whole. Um, and so I've learned that, uh, sometimes the hard way by not being good at it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, uh, or just, uh, through, uh, seeing, um, where people come from on the other side of their story. So that's one thing the Lord's been teaching me this year. Yeah. Anybody else? I tell you one thing. Uh, this this goes back a little bit more than a year. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we uh, we tragically lost my wife's mother in October of 2022. Yeah. And I think through that, a valuable lesson that I learned is I think for the longest time I never really felt like, you know me showing up for someone's not going to be that big of a deal. Like it's not going to make, make that much of a difference mm -hmm. in someone's life. And what I learned being on the other side of that is that, man, just people showing up. Yeah. Like people, people just coming to visit you at the hospital, people just saying, shooting you a text saying, Hey, praying for you. The small things that we feel like don't go a really long way, mm -hmm. go a lot further than they think we do. Mm -hmm. And so it's opened my eyes to, be more sensitive to the things that people are going through and to and to take the extra effort just to reach out. Like there's nothing that I'm going to say that's going to be, you know, this dramatic life-changing thing in their lives. But just knowing that someone's praying for you, someone's that you've been on someone's mind, that you show up to something, uh, it goes a lot further than you think it does. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I learned being on the other side of it. 
to where now moving forward, I'm being very, a lot more intentional with just being there for people, you know, when they're walking through hard stuff, Mm -hmm. when bad stuff happens, just offering a word, offering a text, Mm -hmm. showing up. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it makes a, it makes a big deal in people's lives. Yeah. And so that's, that's been a really, I mean, honestly, up until this point, um, I've, I've always felt like, you know, not, nothing that I say or do is going to make that big of a difference, but you'd be surprised. Yeah. You'd be surprised. It's a funny thing that we, we are, what we do as pastors, what we do in this ministry, like it's calling, it's something you you you've stepped into someone's invited you into whatever but when you think of things like that you 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 think well actually everybody has this ability to shepherd and and pastor to a degree i yeah. mean a pastor pastoring is ultimately shepherding that's right <clears throat> and ultimately that's what the believer is called to do right mm-hmm. is to be those things i mean and on a very simple framework of what we do it's that and a a simple text, uh, a handwritten card. I mean, the stuff that we do all the time. That go, man, that w- it must be really hard to. I mean, it is a lot of times because I mean, we've said this. But, I mean, a lot of times, what we when people call us, it's it's on the worst day of their life. Yeah, yeah. But what we do is no different than than what anyone else can do, That's and it's right. really what the church. Is called to do. We spend a lot of time helping people figure out how to step into the calling on their life that they've already been called to. It's just the, this, this, these seasons that of their lives and these people that put in and pastors they can put into their lives that help them become more aware of that. When you said yes to Jesus, you said yes to this great calling mm-hmm. to love people like He loved them. Yeah, and. You know, I, I think through the your previous question and then this one, and for me, there's a blend of the two in that regard. Because I, earlier this year, we lost I lost a, uh, an uncle mm. who, man, when losing him sent kind of shockwaves through my brain and heart and system. Mm. I was sitting, we were chatting. I was sitting in Kyle's office. We were just talking about different things. And, um, and then I got the text, and it was a— just a really, really tough week, hmm. uh, but man, he knew the Lord like he, he knew the he knew the Bible probably better than I'll ever know it. And I go down um, to to go to his to go to his funeral, and they asked me to be a part of uh, a part of it in a you know a small way to just say a quick word, but 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 also do some of the music there. And um, so I go down to do it, and it's just it's a really small church that he went to. It's a really small. A community down in South Georgia where I'm from and um, and the room filled up with people and and I listened to his pastor and then they had an associate pastor there talk and I listened to them talk and I already knew what I what I experienced from him yeah and my experience from him was you know I a lot of people at Oconee don't know but I spent the better part of doing ministry as a worship pastor you know doing music in different capacities for the church throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Well, all of that started with uh, my uncle teaching me guitar chords because he mm-hmm. was a great guitar player. And he taught me that. And then he just spent a lot of time with me, significant time when I look back on it, uh, time they didn't have to. I probably annoyed him just trying to 
get him to teach me more about music and guitar and things like that. And he took the time and he did that. And then I realized, fast forward all those years later, I mean, I was, I was a junior in high school, I think around that time when I started learning. And then all those years later, I wound up doing ministry for at least 15, 15 years doing the music side of it. And the impact he had on me and then I get to his funeral and realize that same impact was like replicated time and time over pastors being called to ministry through Hmm. him and his pastor being blessed and supported in a, in 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 an area where it's really tough to do church. Right. And, uh, my perspective shift is like when you get to, I'm 41 now and the years I've been in ministry, the years I've been alive, like, like the Lord begins to make you more and more aware through through just hard moments like me losing him, yeah. us our family losing him, and then God's just speaking things. And when you're paying attention, that shift your perspective on everything. Yeah. And how many things in life actually don't matter that much? <laughs> but we make them a big a big deal. We make them this huge deal, yeah. and we lose sleep over them. Yeah. And we stress over them. And 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 there are a lot of things that are worth that kind of emotional sure. weight. But there aren't as many as we make out to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the older I get, what I'm really thankful for this year is like those th- those things that, that the time I spent with those guys and really the guys that came to teach us and just share with us on the on the other side, who's farther down the road than where I am right now, mm-hmm. that's experienced things on a far grander scale than I have. Looks back on all of those things, and he goes, "Man, it's great for the kingdom. God used all those things, but." Those aren't the things that hold the most weight for me in my life. Mm. Hmm. And on the grand scheme of things, he gets to the end, the end of it. He just wants to love his family well and tell people about Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And then be the vapor in the wind that God talks about, or that the Bible talks about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I look at that, and I and it just reminded me of my uncle who, who who served the Lord in the capacity right where he was. Yeah. He didn't try to run to this, try to do anything more yeah. than serve really well in the capacity he was given. He wound up blessing and reaching so many people in a really high capacity. Yeah. And he was totally content and, and happy with that. Didn't have a title. Did not have a title. Yeah. He worked for the railroad for a whole bunch of wow. years. He has two great kids and a wife who they just they had a phenomenal marriage mm-hmm. and just loved you, adored each other. And I look at their family and on the on the on the surface level, you go, that's a real simple life. And on this side, the older I get, the more I go, Well, if that's simple, I want simple. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If making a big impact by living right where you are mm-hmm. and just just investing in what you've been given, if that's kingdom of God. That's what I, that's what I want to do, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I get, I find myself chasing a whole bunch of things sometimes and, sure. and for nothing. Yeah. Well, it makes me think of, so as you were talking and thinking about your uncle and, and just, and, and the people that you guys pastor too, uh, first Peter two, nine, but you are a chosen people, a Royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. What would you say, and this is, you know, we're totally going off script here, but like if you're, what would you impart to your people, the people that you pastor? What is something that you hope that in your time, whatever time you have shepherding them, pastoring them, you know, you know, you want them to love Jesus and love their families. 
But what is something that you just that you pray for them about on a daily basis that they would that they would know? I think what Jeremy just said is one thing I pray for uh, the the people of Bethlehem Church, but in South Venue, is that they know they have the permission to influence and impact right where they are. Great. I love it. Uh, that it's it's not, I need to be in that seat before I can do it. I mean, yeah. that's what he was saying. Yeah. Your uncle's life is what I pray for the people of Bethlehem Church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I'd like to talk to also, you guys, you know, you guys are all prayer warriors. And, and I know that because I, I get to serve on staff with you. But talk about the role of prayer in in your your job as a pastor, your role as a pastor. Talk about the role of prayer and how, I mean, it's it's so much a part of what you do and how you serve. It's really hard to pastor if you aren't at least trying to live what you're what you're trying to trying to shepherd. Yeah. And 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 to to fall back to prayer and the in scripture. I mean, I just find Sometimes one gives me more than the other, and it just depends. It depends on, I guess, what I need in the moment. And, but to fall back on that brings this ease and presence of the Lord, reminds me of the presence of the Lord. For me, that's ultimately like when I, I just know, like if I retreat to prayer, I know I'm going to get centered again. Yeah, I mean, there's just yeah. too much going on, and it's never going to slow down. And you can you can look at that like, well, I guess my life's going to just be miserable then because there's always something coming. <laughs> or you can go, no, that's actually the fun of life. Yeah. And the fun of life be- tends to become a, pres- a pressure and a stress when it's not right-sized as what, what it is. So, hmm. uh, you know, me doing a whole bunch of stuff with, with my kids and my boys playing sports and the girls being in their stuff and then... Uh, Jasmine and I also want to spend time together, but she's working and I'm doing this and and all of those things. And if I step, step if if those become pressures, I step back and go, man, I wish I didn't have all this stuff to do. When really, when I think about it, I do I do enjoy all yeah. those things. Yeah. But if I don't right size what they are, yeah. Through like going, these aren't these things aren't who I am. They yeah. aren't that the world is not going to end if they happen or don't happen. There, some of these things are fun. Some of these things are the, for the benefit of my kids' future. Some of these things are the for the wholeness of who I am and our marriage and and the church and right sizing each one of those things. The only way I can do that is through prayer and yeah. and, and reminding myself where actually the the most important things are, which is like the Lord holds everything in His hands. Mm-hmm. My life is centered around Jesus, and there's a calling on my life as a believer to help other people find him, to help my kids find him, to help my wife, you know, experience him more through the way I love her. All yeah. of those things, right? So I it's do those true. things through prayer and scripture and people around me. But if I don't fall back to those, I never get back to that peace. And I just, uh, lately we've been, yeah. the things that we've been, um, they've been coming through teachings and things. I go, you know, the, the Paul thing when he's in, when he's in prison. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine yeah. what that was like. And even him in that, we did the, you know, the Colossian stuff, falling back to prayer and a reminder of, in the grand scheme of things, who God is and what this is, is a blip in history. And I'm a vapor in the wind. And so while I'm here, I'm going to. He's writing about joy in Philippians while he's in prison. So it's it's one of the, you know, the greatest mysteries that 
that we have. Which but, seems impossible yeah. but it's yeah. not to do in Christ. But because he reminded himself through the prayer, through mm-hmm. prayer to the Lord and through constant connection there, mm-hmm. like it always reminded him of his purpose and right-sized everything. Yeah. And I just think that's 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 what I have to do or else mm-hmm. yeah. I will go crazy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, too, it keeps it keep, for me personally, it keeps me reliant on him mm-hmm. because I know being in the role that I'm in here at Bethlehem. I mean, I wouldn't have a job long if, if I didn't have prayer. Yeah, because there's so many things that God has assigned us that there's no way I could do just in based on my skill set, yeah. based on you know, who I am. So, I mean, even like, you know, when I, when I walk into a conversation that I know I'm going to have to have a quick prayer, God, I can't do this without you. Mm. You know, it, Mm -hmm. even those moments where you feel like, man, I can't offer a word to this person because man, what I did last week, if they knew that they wouldn't be coming to me for prayer. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. You know, it's, it's things like that, that, yeah. It's a constant reminder to me that my dependency is on him in all things, including being a pastor. Um, and so there, there's no way that I get to do or sit in the seat that I'm currently in without just constantly praying because That's good. there's no way, there's no way Kyle on his own mm-hmm. can do that. Mm-hmm. And so I rely on that. I mean, honestly, yeah. I rely on that. And I'm, I'm, I, it's it's really not a joke. I, I without that, I I would not have a job here. Yeah. Because uh, God can use someone who's relying on Him. He can't really use someone who thinks it's all about them, mm-hmm. right? Trying to do it themselves, right? Mm-hmm. That's, good. For sure. that's when you say the word dependency. Just Pastor Jason says, I feel like he's been saying this a lot for the last six months, maybe eight months. Everything just feels hard, harder than it has been at any time, maybe. Hmm. I love the encouragement that he says a lot of times where like if if you, you're following Jesus and you feel like it's supposed to be less hard, it's just not. It's going to get more complex. Hmm. It's going to get harder. Like being faithful is never going to be easier. And I, I think when I look at that, the amount of prayer that is required to understand that it's not going to get any simpler and the reliance that we all have to have, even just what we do, what, what everybody does, how are you going to battle hard if hard is always what it is? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't have that in my strength. I don't I don't actually know outside of being, you know, I love the word that you dependent, reliant. Yeah. I mean, how else do you process forward in faith if you don't? Then you're just trying to figure out in your own strength and then what happens? I always get back to the same frustrated place I always am then. Mm-hmm. I think that's just such a good word, man, when you talk about dependency. Like what's required of all of us as leaders, Christ followers, just this utter dependence, like you need oxygen to breathe on who Jesus is, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's good. I would I would say that uh, what I love about um, Bethlehem Church is it has really become a culture, and it's the foundation I think of everything that we do. Yeah. Uh, so more of these guys have talked about really from a personal perspective, but even from a campus perspective, and uh, Jeremy can speak into this. But to see what the Lord has done, I think at our campus and really all the campuses over the course of the year mm-hmm. through the power of prayer, and whether that's calling people forward to pray for them or maybe they're stepping forward in faith and saying, hey, I need somebody to intercede on my behalf uh, to see what God has done in um, several different 
instances and things that only he can do uh, has just been incredible. But uh, that that would not happen if we didn't like like these guys are saying acknowledge the fact that God is the only one who can do that. And yeah. you know he says in scripture like you have not because you ask not. And so we believe that hey we're going to ask God to do these things and uh, he's he's going to answer one way or the other and we're believing that he is going to answer yes because uh, we we get our prayer teams together and we call people you know lay people in the church hey we we want to pray for you know x y and z this specific person whatever they're walking through and I think that it is becoming and it has been but even more so an expectation that when we ask these things that God is going to show up and show out in some capacity. And so I love that uh, each week when, you know, whether it's calling our prayer teams forward at the end of a service, or maybe it's simply when we meet together on a Thursday afternoon uh, to pray as a staff, and we just carve out that time to just pray for people in the church or pray for this coming Sunday. Like we're uh, in the midst of all the busyness, in the midst of all the things that each of us has going on, we're stopping for a moment and saying, God, this weekend does not happen unless you're a part of it, unless you're in the middle of it. And I truly think that uh, when we acknowledge that, that that's when God, he He allows us to be a part of what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So it's encouraging to see. Yeah. Plus, I think there's, uh, too, the way that Jason leads and, the uh, you know, it's one thing we don't want to just, we don't want to tack God onto our plans and, you know, what our, what our, what we're doing. We don't want to just tag God along for that, but we want to step into what he's already doing. So, and that's, I think that's impressive the way, you know, there's the, the broader vision of Bethlehem church of, of what God is doing at Bethlehem church. And then the campuses, you know, really, I mean, you guys do a really good job of keeping the teams aligned with that broader vision so what would you say, like, how, how do you guys manage that tension? Um, you know, just some um, practically speaking. I know you want to, I know you want to move on. I got to jump on the last question no, really no, quickly. No, no, go for it. Uh, we're going to make this a long one, but <laughs> I, the, this changed me. Yeah. When yeah. Aaron, my wife and I first started coming to the church here, uh, Jason was talking about Paul Miller's book, uh, uh, a Praying, uh, praying life. life. Yes. Okay. I've been thinking about it the whole so, time. So that one changed me. So I would say it's, uh, I learned that it's more about a life of prayer, not moments of prayer, yeah. uh, which is just way different. Uh, that book was pretty uh, monumental for me and it's one to add to the list every year. Mm. Uh, but the second thing, most recently, when when Pastor Matt was talking about allowing Jesus to be the hero of the story. Mm. So if we don't, pray it's it's like we're we're grabbing a hold of that cape for ourselves so i get to be the hero yeah if it like drew was saying it's my own strength and i get to be the hero that's right when i commit to that praying life it's like taking the cape off and putting it right back on jesus Mm -hmm. and he gets to be the the hero i I think um the broader vision uh for me still being uh in in this room you know, one of the newer guys compared to the guys that are in this room right now, um, is, uh, connection. Like I, I have to watch what God is doing in these guys and how he's using them. Yeah. And so many times I've, when Drew talks about, you know, what God is doing at two eleven, they're just things that sh- it shapes me mm. so that when I step into the South venue, there's some things that I begin to take on too. When I hear Jeremy's stories, uh, you know, from OC, yeah. uh, I, I, it, so it, it affects us, but that's because we, we see each other <laughs> during the week, you know, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not, it's not just, uh, 
you know, we're out at different campuses and we never get to do life together Mm -hmm. uh, and listen to what God's doing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's constantly surrounding your people, surrounding yourself with the people who say it seems weird to say, but the people that you work with, but it's, you know, it's, it's very hard around here to find yourself on an island. Like yeah. we just won't allow it. Yeah. That's good. And so I think just staying connected with people, stay connected with Pastor Jason, Pastor Matt, um, man, be, what, what be guys. intentional. Yeah. It. yeah. Yeah. Um, it really helps. It, it, it keeps us all aligned to what we're here for. Like yeah. what, what is our assignment here? Well, you know, our assignment, my assignment might be that, for right now, I am 316 campus pastor. Yeah. But that's just a small part of what God's doing here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at Bethlehem Church as a whole. And so understanding that, that, yeah, I mean, you've got an assignment, but the bigger picture here is, man, God is 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 changing lives. Mm-hmm. He is, mm-hmm. people are constantly finding new life in Christ. Um, and so you can't, you just, when you surround yourself with people, and like Dustin was saying, you hear the stories that like, it's a constant reminder of you're a part of something way bigger than yourself mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and way bigger than what God's assignment is for you right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but yeah, I think here, you, you, I mean, we, we won't leave you alone. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll find you. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I, th- we, yeah, I think that a, a really healthy piece in any growing organization, any growing any healthy group of people or organization is if you've established some values, if you establish things that are important to you and, and you keep those in front of you, you can always draw back to those. Mm-hmm. And so Kyle throwing out, you know, one of our, you know, our mission statement is, you know, helping people find new life in Christ. Right. I mean, that's the thing. And so if that's our bottom line thing, if that's the thing where we're always going to draw back to if if everything else gets blurry, that does not. Yeah. And yeah. you know, we we're we we love baptism day because it symbolizes life change. People have gotten yeah. saved. They have they have their their name has been written in the book of life. They are going to be in the presence of God for eternity. That is the call um of a pastor, of a believer, to help people find that what you've been given. Can you help other people find that? Because that's that's the Lord's, you know, mission on this earth, right? The Holy Spirit drawing people to, to Jesus. And so, I think if if you keep drawing back to core values like that, it's actually it's actually easy, yeah, yeah, to keep everybody aligned. Yes. And so, because you're constantly, well, is this, is this line up with what we? If okay, no, then then yeah. we're gonna move to the next thing or you know does the are the is the way i'm thinking about this line up with with these with these certain values and i think that's how you do it it's a lot simpler it's it almost is. like this blueprint that we've that we feel like the lord has laid out through our visionary which is jason mm-hmm. and um and uh, we just keep drawing back to those things yeah, i mean keep the main thing the main thing yeah mm-hmm. United in Christ too that's the whole thing is that i it just it comes back to jesus and what he's doing and we fall in line. So what about, um, talk, to, talk to our listeners and tell our listeners just some about some personal growth for you guys. Uh, you know, as, as leaders, we're constantly talking about growing and, and so what, what are some good 
podcasts, books? What are some resources that have impacted you and your leadership journey, either personally or as a pastor? Dive in. So I'll tell you, um, the thing that I have probably have to work at the most um, in my relationship with Christ is my prayer time. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just, I think, I think the way you pray, like I get jealous of the way some people pray sometimes. Like yeah. Jeremy Curtis, that dude can pray. Yep. Um, and so I'll hear him pray and I'm like, golly, man, I can't pray like that. Um, but I think, honestly, I think it's kind of who you are, like who you are is going to be how you pray. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I, I'm a more reserved guy. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not one who is just going to offer a lot of words in, in a given moment. Mm-hmm. And I I don't speak eloquently. Um, I don't use a lot of big words. And so I sound a little foolish when I try to do that in my prayer time. Mm. And so all that to say, I've never really, that's never been my strong suit. Mm-hmm. So I've always had to work at it. But I, earlier this year, I went to, I got to go to a conference. I forgot the, the Courageous Pastors. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Chris Hodges was there. Yep. And Chris Hodges wrote a book called Pray First. And he basically is just, the whole book just describes like a really practical way of like how to approach your prayer life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, and it's an easy read. I'd recommend it to anybody. Easy read. Um, but just reading through that book and just how to establish like, not a method of prayer, but almost like a method of prayer mm-hmm. um, has really helped me. And it's helped me realize too, like, like God, God knows me and God knows my heart. Like he, he knows if I try to throw in a fancy word, he's going to be like, that's not you. He's going to laugh at you. Yeah, that's not you. <laughs> um, so it's, it's really helped me and shaped me as, as I still continue to uh, strengthen that part of my walk with him. Because I mean, honestly, it, it really doesn't come naturally to me. Yeah. It's something that I have to work at. Um, but that, that's been a really good tool for me. Yeah. I think that's it. That, that will encourage a lot of our listeners too, Kyle, just because, you know, I mean, you know, you guys are pastors and to hear like, oh, you, you, you struggle with prayer too. You know, I mean, a lot of people feel that way and it's like, well, how do I do this? You know, hmm. that's, I don't, I don't, I would, I would probably guess that there's more people than we realize that, that may struggle with that. Anybody else? I finally read John Ortberg's uh, Soul Keeping. Mm. And it was uh, it was a great read uh, for me. Um, I think um, Kyle was talking about the assignment, and I think and and we've already been talking about doing things in your own strength. And so, to remember, no matter where you are or where God has called you, like your Father desires a, a deeper relationship with you. Yes. And so, yeah, it was so good just to make me slow down and take a deep breath and really reflect that that everything that we encounter the people that we get to do life with mm-hmm. uh, affect your soul and can and so i think there's just an intentionality uh now about you know pursuing the lord at that level you know and making yeah. sure we're carving out time you know to feed the soul keep it healthy mm-hmm. there's a book that always ends up when we talk counseling when we talk pastorally or or just even professionally uh, this book called The Body Keeps Score, which always keeps coming back up. Oh, yeah. There's a really great thought in there where it says, uh, not all wounds from the past stay in the past. Most of the time, wounds from the past play themselves out in moments of the present and the future. 
And when you think about that, I mean, that's just not, that's not just from like traumatic things that happened when you were a child or things that you wished your dad would have been like this and it was a different way or whatever. You can even say that spiritually too. The wounds of your spiritual past yep. can have the tendency to play them out in today if you're not careful. Mm -hmm. So like you go to God when all else fails and your life's not failing. So there's no point to go to him right now. Right. You just, you do that long enough and it just catches up in everything it feels like. Yes. And so I think the thing that I keep looking at, but I keep, is that we all are very dependent on who God is in our lives. That's a reality. I think you get to the place eventually where you just realize that everything presses on that. But there's a season of your life, whenever it was, where you tried to do it the opposite way. That still always comes back up and you have to navigate that. Mm -hmm. And there were complexities or there were habits that you created. That's just the normal way that you process forward that all have to be reshifted. And so I think that's something that I loved. It was a massive book. When I read it, I was like 350 something pages. I'm not reading that book. And then I read it and I was like, maybe one of the best books I've ever read. That's cool. Talking about trauma, but also talking about the reality that your body holds on to all these things over mm -hmm. like time. Mm -hmm. And you still have to navigate those things eventually, regardless of where you sit in the current present. I thought that was just such a good read, man. That's great. It's good. Uh, you know, the the thought of like the one thing I struggle with, if Kyle's is Kyle doesn't pray. So the thing I struggle with, <laughs> let me, that's, let me, that's what let I heard me, you say. Let me clarify. That's what I heard Kyle you say. Kyle hates prayer. Kyle doesn't pray. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I think everybody's got their 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 bent. Yeah. And in and, 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 and mine is, I actually, it's a weird thing, but I love to read and I don't love to read. Yeah. And I think yeah. what it is, is I love to read once I get started. Mm -hmm. I hate to get started. Yeah. And that's that's a part of my distracted personality. I can't. I mean, getting to, I look at everything cross-eyed sometimes because I can't even like. It feels like everything's blurry. Like I like there's two or three things that I'm looking at at the same time. Um, I'm, I'm I bet I'm getting some amens out there. People listening. <laughs> yeah. Um, for sure. But uh, one cool thing is is that I've done. This is I think this is the third group I've done it, but this is the most intense one I've done. And so there's a group here uh, across all our campuses. I think we do them. Um, and it's, uh, we've called it a uh, leadership development group. Yes. You yes. know, um, ours is called 1010 men. Mm -hmm. um, they're under the umbrella of two, I think of care and mentor groups. Maybe yeah. Now. Yeah. And, and they're fantastic groups, but yeah. they are unique yeah. in that uh, they are a year long. Yeah. Um, they, they, they can be anywhere from, really six months to a year long, depending on what the group decides. But, but on a standard, they're, they're year long. Yeah. Um, it's a very intense group. There's a lot of emptying out yourself as far as your story to these men yeah. that stays contained in this group. And it could be anywhere from five to, to 10 guys. And, but the commitment inside of it that's mm -hmm. unique too, is that um, you meet once a month and you read a book and most, most guys that I've met are probably more along the lines of how I think about reading, where it's like, oh, yeah, I'd like to say I've read 10 books, but yeah. I've only read one chapter of one in the last 30 years, you know? So, <laughs> but to get in a group like that, where you're, you're kind of, there's an accountability to push to read where people don't want to. Mm -hmm. And and when people talk about books, they glaze over and go, oh, yeah. But readers are leaders mm -hmm. and readers learn things yeah. and readers discover things and they become more aware of things. And it's really, really, really important to read yeah. and reading scripture first, but then also getting other people's um, takes on culture as they pertain to scripture and people's takes on culture as they or, uh, takes on prayer as it pertains to scripture and, mm -hmm. you know, all these things. So it 
getting in this group and reading 12 books, you know, uh, over the last 12 months. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just incredibly helpful. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the funny thing. I'm trying to think of the books I read. I can't even, I can't think of. Jer- Jeremy Curtis can't read. Ten of the names. <laughs> so you listen to them on Audible. I had, I did do two on Audible. That's yes. okay. That still counts. Uh, Jasmine read one to me. Uh, I'm just kidding. She didn't. <laughs> Nighttime story. Um <laughs> But there's one that, but you also discover things inside of them when you, a book you might not find. Yeah. So, so one of the guys that's, that he's really leading the group. Um, he, I think he considers me a co-leader, but he's just so good at leading the group and he, he kind of leads the group. So, that's awesome. um, he brought these books up and brought it to everyone. And one was called Becoming a King. Mm. And, um, really the front end of that book is really what grabbed me, established some, some interesting things about culture and how the enemy is trying to steal um, uh, manhood mm-hmm. from our culture, uh, really dating back to that kind, kind of how, who you are in Christ, who you're created to be yeah. uh, as a man, as a father, and how you're supposed to lead and how it supports the family and all those things. That's but the, the the enemy trying to uh, attack that on all fronts yeah. um, uh, was really powerful. And ultimately, it goes back to this adoption thing. This, this, this is who you were designed to be. And if he could steal the identity of a man, he could steal the identity of the, of the world, really, in a lot of ways. And so I thought that that was really powerful. And there's, there's so many other great things. That one stuck out to me and it made me just dig, dig into the book even yeah. more. Um, Sounds great. And I love that. And I, I think, I think though, that this group highlighted as much for me as anything, the, the importance of reading. Mm-hmm. And the importance of of, of growing, and I think it, it to, to to make a hard point, um, I just kind of think that on a if you don't read it all, you are not concerned with growing. Mm. And I think people would would take go wait a minute, hold up. Now yeah. I I work really hard. I, I don't I don't doubt that at yeah. all. But I'm saying if you aren't furthering yourself by reading personally, and I'm speaking from experience, yeah, like yeah. I'm speaking of years of my life where I didn't pick up a book at all, mm-hmm. where I where I there were times where I barely read scripture, like I should like I should have been doing. Um, if you are not reading, you are not growing, mm. and uh, because you cannot grow on your thoughts alone. Yeah. That just that's, means that's I know it all already. Yeah. Whether yeah. you're yeah. saying it out loud or not, yeah. you may even go, "No, I don't think I know it all." Well. Yeah. You're not saying the opposite either. And right. so pressing people to read from a personal standpoint, because I know if I don't read and I'm not pressing in that, I'm moving backwards. I'm not even staying still. Hmm. I'm moving backwards because my age is going to keep going. Mm-hmm. And my kids and wife, they're going to keep moving in their direction. They're going to keep growing. And my wife's going to keep growing, yeah. whether yeah. I do or not. Yeah. And if I am not doing that, I'm going backwards. I'm going to be so far past them. Yeah. It's like when I'm running, I try to try to run sometimes, and I made the mistake of putting my son Eli out there because I thought I could beat him all the time. <laughs> nope. And now it just looks like I'm running backwards, and he's running farther because that's he's good. he's he's still young and he's getting yeah. more athletic, and I'm getting less. That's that's, yeah. that's that's the that's the way it feels. I've got two kids in cross country right now, and that's oh, why I can't run with them anymore. I, I, do it. I used to be fast. <laughs> mistake. I just I didn't realize yeah. I was going to demoralize myself by inviting him out there so inviting him, inviting no, him that's out a, there that's a really great example I, I love that like if you're not intentionally pursuing growth then then yeah you're gonna you're gonna fall behind mm-hmm. so i would say uh if i can jump in yeah uh, one thing that i love is that uh you know pastor matt with his ldgs will 
uh, encourage us to read some. And so mm-hmm. one of those books would be Killer Teens by Sean Lovejoy. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jeremy knows this. I'm a very practical, like, hey, how do how can I uh, apply these steps to right. our teams and whatnot? And so that one specifically has been uh, really good. And he lays it out. He's got like, I think, 10 steps for for Killer Teams. So that was a good book. And then uh, John Maxwell's um, Everyone Communicates But Few Connect. Uh, I read that a couple weeks ago. Uh, I was actually, we were at the beach and uh, I was reading that and I was actually trying to take some of the things that uh, he was saying in the book and like applying it to the people I was uh, coming in contact with. And my wife was like, what are you, what are you reading in that book right now? Like, what are you doing? And, uh, but what I love uh, is that um, he breaks it down into, because you know, John Maxwell, he's spoken in front of probably millions of people, but he breaks it down into big groups, uh, small groups, and then just like your team uh, and how um, it's important. Again, and I mentioned this earlier, is like you've got to take on the perspective of your audience and put yourself Mm. in their shoes, no matter how big, Mm. no matter how small that they are, or else you're not going to connect with them. And so that can be applied across the board. And so that's been super helpful. Um, Just being young in pastoral ministry, uh, trying to figure out what that looks like. Uh, so that's been a really, a really great book. And in and, and, and all of this, I mean, if, if an organization is in a lot of ways defined by their leader, mm-hmm. there is, I don't know anybody Mm-mm. that reads and invests. I've known him for 20 something years yeah. now. And a few of us in here have, he's always been that guy, pastor yeah. Jason Britt yeah. mm-hmm. chases a, a, a refreshing thought, a, yeah. a, a something new inside of him or something new for his church or something new for... No one pursues an educational, uh, spiritual, uh, I don't know, what are all the planes? Like, no right. one does that right. like he does. Yeah, I, have, right. I, I have yet to meet. Yeah. Uh, and anybody that I've met that comes close leads as well as he does. Yeah, yeah, that's and, good. And if readers are leaders and, and reading and and whether it's books or scripture or anything, is the thing that enhances. Just take a snapshot of Pastor Jason yeah. Britt yeah. and Pastor Matt Pylan yeah. and uh, Brad Carter, Pastor Brad Carter, you know, that, that our facility CFO does everything, uh, all of those things. Those guys are constantly pursuing growth mm-hmm. in themselves personally mm-hmm. first. And and no one knows them in a lot of ways like we do. Yeah. And it's 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 important for me often to be able to say on a platform to go, yeah. you may not know him this way, but it appears that he is this way, and I'm here to affirm he is. He is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every bit of it. That's good. It's really good. It makes them easy to follow too, you mm-hmm. know, because they, they practice what they preach. <laughs> That's right. For sure. I feel like I should step in again and just clarify. You don't pray. That, that I do well, pray, and, Jer- and Jeremy does read. So Kyle does yeah. pray, and Jeremy does read. That is correct. Okay. That is but Just before that we move forward. That not need to be stated, but we will, so we will for the record, it he is pray- let I mean, it be known. He was praying just now this whole time. <laughs> So yeah, so I, I we do have to, just just for the record, we have to say, we have to talk about the video the dance reel that broke the internet. Oh boy. Uh, just because I, it, what's, what's so funny to me uh, a couple weeks ago, you know, we posted this video on social media. Uh, Casey captured you guys doing this fun dance. And I just have to say like a lot of people were surprised. A lot of people were genuinely like, Oh wow. I didn't know, didn't know they had that in them. 
And I was like, really? Like, <laughs> it was great because it was a different perspective that, that some people might have of you guys, but also just the fact that, you know, you're really well-rounded. <laughs> you pray, you read, and you dance. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really good. I think that's what qualifies you to be a pastor here. That's right. Do you pray? Yes. Do you read? Yes. Can you dance? Yes. There it is. Then you can work here. You guys are the full package. There's right there. both an interview and an audition. Yeah. And I'll, you know, if everybody's wondering, I, I, my, hip, my hip replacement is scheduled for February <laughs> post-Super post Bowl. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Dustin got uh, reprimanded by his physical therapist. Yep. yep. <laughs> but I, I told her, if you go back and watch, my left hand is in my pocket. Yep. That's Almost great. the whole time. And it and it did not. And I was fine. Yeah. I did not rip anything else. I, it got, was, I got reprimanded by my teenage son who just looked at it and goes, you're Don't embarrassing. Don't ever do that again. Stupid. Yeah. You, you're embarrassing. Uh, no, it uh, it was, that was quite fun and it got... It was very popular. So, uh, so I good job, guys. I can't wait to not do that again. <laughs> Poor Casey I, has asked us to do a thousand things. We're like, oh, you know, I got to wash my hair or something. Yeah. You know, we finally were like, okay, we got to, we got to, she works really hard. Yeah, she so, does. so we finally were like, okay, we'll do, we'll do this. You guys were good sports. So it was, it was fun. It was really fun. All right. So this is, this has been a huge year for Bethlehem. It's been really monumental with the, the Because Initiative. Uh, we're kind of in the midpoint of that. Um, or just wrapping up the midpoint of that. And so looking ahead to 2024, what are you guys most excited about? What are you looking forward to the most as we wrap up this year and we look to 2024? Is it okay to say that I'm ready to be in the building? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to being in the building. <laughs> all right. I think I think that could all be all of your answers. <laughs> I don't know. In 2024, I think I'm just most excited about being in the building. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's an interesting take. Yeah. 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 I never thought about that. Take. <laughs> So, but from a, from a Coney to 11 campus uh, perspective, I know you guys, you know, you guys are not moving locations, but we are expanding. So talk about that. Talk about how that will change things and revolutionize things there. It's gonna, it's gonna, <laughs> um, you know, you know, I think, I think from a perspective of who we are and and our what 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 people love about the and, and I think a lot of ways about our church as a whole this always been said since I've been here right um it's a it's a a small feel in a an actually big congregation yes. you know and and a lot of that is fostered through I mean just relationships I mean anybody that's been around here long long enough know we just like to make friends and we yeah. like to yeah. draw people in and we love groups and, and community and serving together with all those things we love and people get get in enough and they realize oh my goodness this place is this place is awesome because it's small and then jason pastor jason from stage will just be like well you think it's small and then he throws out how many people actually come but yeah yeah the campuses live in that in that world too you know we have three services and a few hundred people just adults without even mentioning kids spread throughout those services i think people can tend can uh can tend to think the same thing and uh we're a growing place but we have this gear to not not really alter who we are and who we've been mm -hmm. but a building can almost appear that way yeah and so as you expand and 
211 expands like theirs on their in their particular footprint and over at Oconee it looks a little bit different we're having to add a building in inside of our our footprint for kids because ours is shaped a little different I mean it's it's all going to feel a little different when you're driving on campus Mm -hmm. but uh it's 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 not going to change who we are but it will it will begin to um I think in a lot of ways begin to shift something in our particular areas mm-hmm. about maybe what our communities see yeah. from Bethlehem Church and in, in the overall picture. And wh- why I mention that is because why that's exciting is the whole thing we're after. We go back to our mission statement of getting people to new life in Christ to find Jesus. Well, any of these things that we do as we expand, they provide more seats and a seat is a soul. Mm-hmm. A soul that can be saved, that Jesus wants to save, yeah. Yeah. that we want to see saved. Yep. And mm-hmm. you expand those seats and see all the kids come in, all that. Those are the opportunities we get. And uh, mm-hmm. that's what I, truly, it, it sounds very, very churchy and pastory for me to say that, but I'm, I'm, I'm truly nothing, nothing has ever brought me in life more joy than sitting with someone and praying a prayer that puts words to the salvation thing that's going on inside their heart yeah. right then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been one of the greatest experiences mm-hmm. of my life. Wow. Yeah. You know, the next to that is like my wife and kids, you yeah. know, those yeah. things that are so precious and special to me, but there's nothing like that. Yeah. And to see other people trying to do it too, right now at Oconee campus mm-hmm. and actually showing me things and teaching me things of how better to do that based off of their love to see yeah. people to come to faith in Jesus. Yeah. And so you're saying, you're saying, oh, we're going to expand seats. We're going to make this area bigger and people are going to fill in and they're going to have the same mm-hmm. hundred experiences that I've seen people have that got them to the baptismal mm-hmm. spot, that got them to uh, uh, healing marriage, that got them to whatever that, w- that we've been chasing after that go- goes back to those values, that goes back to those anchor pieces that mm-hmm. really is the only reason that keeps me going inside mm-hmm. of this stuff is those things. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't make up something other than that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd like yeah. to say, well, I want to, I want a bigger auditorium. Well, that just, that just, you know, it's like more money, more problems in a lot of, a lot of right. ways. But you tell me, you put people in there, yeah, and those things are the things that we're going to get to see. Mm. You know, triple the stories that we get to see, and all those stories mean is God's mm-hmm. doing a work, mm-hmm. and He's doing it again and again and again, yeah. just like He did the last twelve years here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From the 316 campus on to the campuses. I just, that is, that's exciting. Yeah, that's cool. That's exciting. Well said. Well said, man. I think when you look at just the future, when you look at the next year, when you look at all the things, I mean, what excitement when you're relocating 316, which will have its own things. Doing so, you'll you'll navigate that. Same thing with us at our campuses. But I think that is the story, right? It's the people, man. It's the mm-hmm. stories of what God did from point A to B, C, D. Those are the things that we celebrate. That's what makes us who we are, mm-hmm. is that somebody came into the campus not knowing how they felt about church, not knowing sometimes how they felt about God, or even if they were going to let anybody into their lives. And then something happened that triggered something, and God was a big part of who they were. And next thing you know, they find community, and they find healing, and their marriages are fixed, and not perfect because they never are, but they're healthier than they were. I mean, those are the stories of Bethlehem Church. I look back and I say, why is all this happening? Because God has done so much with what's already happened. Mm-hmm. What a cool thing to think of the stories that will be part of the future mm-hmm. that aren't even there right now. Yeah. yeah. What's he going to do next? That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I would say the same thing. Like it, for the last several years since I've been here, 
uh, which hasn't been that many. Uh, it's been about four, but to see God yeah. almost like top what he's done each year, if if I could put it like yeah. that. But yeah, Nathan, I, you and I came on staff at the same time. I yeah, think. January of twenty twenty. So. Yeah, yeah, very close. So. <laughs> and and so uh, like I think two years ago we we baptized right over three hundred people or right around three hundred people. This year we're pushing four hundred. And so in a world to think like, could it be possible where we baptize 500 people next year across all three campuses? Yeah, it's possible. I mean, God's in the middle of it for sure. And yeah. then I think about our, our baptism service last month uh, where we had a multi-generational worship service all in one and to be able to stand in the side of the room, the back of the room and just watch, you know, kids to adults worship yeah. and then to be able to watch life change People go down in the water and come up, uh, new creatures in Christ. Um, that's why we do what we do is to see God move in the lives of people, change their life forever uh, so that they experience new life in Christ. And yeah. so I'm excited to see what he does. Can I add one more thing? that This this was a circumstance that like gave me a new highlight. Yeah. Was with all with all with everything that we're doing, and and naturally there there is, because the, the 316 campus is is being built right now. The other two campuses were like in the middle of getting to that place that it took 316 two years to get to yeah, when it comes yeah. to permitting and all this. I don't, the permitting is really the only word I know. I know there's more words, but there's other things going on, but that's Codes. only, it's because you, you, you don't read. That's because I don't, <laughs> I didn't read the permits. Uh, but we're in the process of that. So by the time Three sixteen, three sixteen campuses getting finished up. We'll yeah. we'll we'll be somewhere around the uh, the ability to begin ourselves. And but we did all the renderings at the fly throughs and everything. And I'm sitting there and I'm talking to somebody that didn't uh, didn't get to come to um, one of the moments where we introduced all of that. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm walking like this is going to be the lobby. This is going to be the student thing. And a couple um, students walked up. They were middle schoolers. And they they walk up and they say something in reference to. That being the 316. I said, no, 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 that's our church. Wow. And they go, yeah, 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 over the 316. And I went, no. No, that's our building. What you are seeing scrolling <laughs> right here is this property. This Amazing. is the building you're standing in. And when I said that, I mean, naturally, I, when I thought about it, I go, they might not clue in and all this, that that's actually theirs. There's a lot of conversation going on, and they're distracted by yeah. more fun stuff, right? But when I said that, and their eyes lit up, that that's our mm -hmm. room? That's our place. Yeah, man, I got I I got really excited, <laughs> and I did. I, yeah. And I I just went, oh, I wonder if my son even knows. Like he's gonna get to, mm. but they were really pumped that we were building something specifically for them. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And in that moment, all the times that Pastor Jason from stage and all of us around our you know different ministries and campuses and stuff talk about how we go hard at the next generation. Mm -hmm. And I saw the look on their face when they realized that was true. Like, the, oh, they are about to give us something awesome and new and bigger. Yes. And it's about us. Yeah. Man, it, that just, that, that added another level yeah. for me. Yeah. That's, and, so I just, I have to say, I just read this. Clay Scroggins said this today on, on, uh, on Facebook. Having a vision isn't about predicting the future. It's about creating it. And so... I just love that. Like what you're talking about is as a pastor, as a leader, is having a vision, ha being, you know, having this vision and helping other people catch it. And so seeing that, you know, having other people catch the vision, 
It's not about predicting the future. It's about creating it and doing it with them. And if everybody would have sat there with me in that moment and looked yeah. at their faces, everybody that's, that's given to the Because Initiative, everybody yeah. that served in some capacity that has been supportive and been a champion of it, if they could have seen what I saw right then, they'd go, oh, man, mm -hmm. this is going to be yeah. more than worth it. That's you know? cool. That's cool. Helping people catch that vision. So, I mean, I, my last question, you guys already answered it. As we wrap up the year, do you have any words of encouragement or wisdom for our listeners? I mean, you kind of already answered it, but anything you'd like to add? Final, final thoughts. Now's your chance. I would just encourage people to lean in. Yeah. To lean into what God's doing, to be a part of what he's calling us to. Um, because, you know, on the other side, when all this is said and done, like, do you want to be a part of it to be a part, to get on board with what God is doing? Or do you want to sit on the sideline mm -hmm. and just mm -hmm. be a bystander? So yeah. I think that that's a, a huge part of what we would encourage people to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think just like, as, as Nate said, I would, um, I would just say holidays are coming, like be, be intentional. Uh, and so these don't let these moments pass, pass by. I just, every week, weekend, week out, we just see God do incredible things. Yeah. And so who is it that you can be intentional with to invite in? Yeah. And so, uh, someone laid, uh, God laid someone on my heart, um, just, just this morning and just texted them to come to the next Thursday night service, uh, it, with anticipation of God bringing healing into his life. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I just think, um, I think we're talking about reading, we're talking about praying and I think it's just a big deal. Yeah. So if you've never read through the gospels, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, maybe read through that Yeah, going into this Christmas season, start of the new year and just ask the Lord, what do you want me to know about mm -hmm. you? What mm -hmm. do you want me to know about me? Just see what he says. It's good. It's a good word. Anybody else? Any final thoughts? Totally agree. I th I, I, you don't want to miss what's next at Bethlehem church. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think, I mean, if you look, uh, at everything that we, that's been talked about over the last, gosh, what, more than a year and uh, the hope of what's coming. I just, I would hate for anybody to miss out mm -hmm. on what's about because we haven't seen anything yet. Yeah. And he, w it, it's going whether we're here or not. So I would just say jump in, mm -hmm. lean in in whatever way that means. And uh, you can't lose in stuff like that. Yeah. And when it comes to kingdom things, mm -hmm. you just can't lose. And I love that, Dustin. The power of the personal invite cannot be understated. We're watching right now at the Oconee campus. People use positions that, that are places of influence, just in community influence, not even like jobs or anything like that, to influence people to get in. Guys, guys coaching, encouraging their kids without, without apology. You, hey, our church is great. If you don't have a church, jump in. Yeah. And then watching what that's done in our student ministry, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I'm watching a guy walked up to me last week and said, Hey man, I'm getting, I want to get baptized. I found Jesus. I want to get, I want to get baptized. And yeah. he goes, and I want him to do it and points at his boss. Wow. And his boss was the one that influenced him to do those so things. Big. Just so big. That right there is yeah. what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. How are you using right where you are mm -hmm. to influence the kingdom of God for for his glory yeah. and, and their benefit, yeah. their kingdom, like their eternal benefit. It's mm -hmm. good stuff. 
Well, thank you guys so much for your time. Thank you for your inspiration and your your wisdom and just sharing your thoughts with us. Kind of a year in review, uh, looking forward, looking back and looking forward. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited about what, what God has in store at Bethlehem, at the campuses, and I can't wait. So thank you guys for, for all you do. We're, we appreciate you guys so much. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you, Angel. And to all our listeners, we thank you so much for listening to Beyond Sunday. As always, if you have any questions for us, for any of the pastors here on on the podcast, you can always email us at beyondsunday at bethlehemchurch.us. We would love to hear from you. And as always, thank you so much for listening. God bless. We'll see you next time on Beyond Sunday.